0: Well, we come to our third week in our new series, and uh, we've been taking these little small steps. We've taken a few so far. Our first one, of course, was to take that step, if you had never said yes to Jesus, to do that, and to do that with all the confidence that His grace affords to us, and then to remember that we as a church are called to this big word that we kind of throw around and sometimes don't always understand, and that is the word evangelism. But that evangelism is simply sharing what Jesus is doing in your life now. That the life of faith is a life of now. Jesus is available now, in this moment, in this time, and we are called simply to share that with those around us. And what a great thing that is. Last week we looked at one of the barriers sometimes to uh, evangelism is also this kind of waiting room mentality and that that next small step is really uh, to learn to love the church, to learn to love those around you those that we are called together to live this life of faith together with. And I hope there were some of you that began to mend old brokenness uh, in the midst of all of that. And today, we're going to take that next one small step and get to the passage that I'm sure all of you were expecting we would get to at some point if we were talking about the small steps of evangelism. And so I want you to... if to take your Bible and turn uh, and open them to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28, and we'll read from verses 18 through 20. Hear the good news. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, come, and may we receive this Scripture just like your disciples received it so long ago. Help us to remember this. Call us. Remind us of this passage day in and day out. For we ask this in your name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. All right, little trivia just to begin with. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. In fact, so familiar, I'm sure that a bunch of you are going to shout out in just a second when I ask the question, because you're going to know it. What is this passage commonly referred to as? The Great, the Great Commission. Yes. In fact, probably some of you are able to cheat, it probably says it right above where that passage is in your Bible. The Great Commission. Before we kind of jump into what is being said here, I want us to just think about that word for just a second. Um commission it is in some ways we need to think of com as the com is short for community and then mission that this really is not just an individual thing but there is a community mission that we are called to and this is it this is what jesus says as you establish this community i have 12 of you and more uh who are here as you establish the community in my name this is what we are about this is the mission but it is also co-mission. It means that we as a body, whether we do this individually or together as a group, it is not something we do alone. We co-partner with what Jesus is doing through the power of the Holy Spirit everywhere in the world. And we as a body are called to co-mission with Jesus in the world right now and right in this moment, in this day, in this age, we are called into this mission. It is a co-mission. And that doesn't—that means if you're a student, if you're in high school, if you're in junior high, all the way up to if you're a senior citizen, you are still called into this mission. This is a mission that is always ongoing. It is not something we will finish until the Lord comes again. And all is made right. So, get ready. I know this is one small step, but you got, some of you may need to dust off your hiking boots. Cause it's time for us to get on the mission, the community mission, the co-mission with the Holy Spirit and what God wants to do in a Portage and Kalamazoo area through cross-community church. This is what we are called to. So let's let's look at this, shall we? Let's jump in just a little bit. Because these small steps lead somewhere. And I began to look at it and began to think about it. Where is this leading to? Well, I believe that evangelism leads to discipleship. Jesus said that. Go and make disciples. But the funny thing is, is that discipleship, if you're really going to study Jesus, should lead you to evangelism. And then evangelism should lead to more discipleship, which should lead them then into evangelism, which should then lead back into more discipleship which should then lead, you see where I'm going, right? Did you get it or do I need to do a few more back and forth? It is something that goes back and forth. These two work in tandem together in order to, to fulfill the commission that we are called to. And so we have to begin to look at that. So honestly, then the first thing that we need to look at is what is discipleship? Jesus says, go and make disciples. But I want us to look at what is disciple. Now, for many of us, we would understand disciple. And this is Webster's Dictionary. If you go there, I went to the online version, and this is what it says. A disciple is one who accepts and assists in the spreading of the doctrines of another. Okay? So the disciples had learned everything uh, that Jesus had, had taught them and now they were commissioned to go. And they were going to spread these ideas, these commands that Jesus had taught them. They were to teach to others. But that is kind of a more modern twentieth uh, and twenty-first century idea of discipleship you see it's all about our heads in this version it's all about we learned the commandments and then we're going to go and teach them to other people but discipleship meant something entirely different in jesus day and age and so i want us to look at that discipleship in jesus day and age is not just about intellectual learning it does include that but it is really about imitation it is about learning to imitate what Jesus did. It was not just about, okay, Jesus said, and I took good notes and I memorized them. I made, I made my three by five flashcards and I, I just go through them commandment after commandment after commandment. It is not just about that. It is about seeing what Jesus did. That in His world, He, he did things that you weren't supposed to do. He, he broke cultural norms. Like, we talked about, he, he talked to a woman, he talked to a Samaritan. He stayed in the Samaritan village. He, he spoke good news to them as well. That, that just seems weird. And, you're called, if you're a disciple, to look at that as well. You see, even in, in Judaism, rabbis would not just get students who could do a lot of good learning, but they looked at, could they learn? Yes, that's a part of it. But could they also imitate and do the things that the rabbi could do? Would they carry on his teachings and his lifestyle out into the world? So you see, discipleship is not just about learning, but it's about doing. There's an element of service. There's an element of getting out, of imitating the rabbi. In fact, the Mishnah, which is a collection of rabbinic sayings uh, in Judaism, in Avot 1-4, says this, Powder thyself in the dust of their feet, meaning the rabbi, and drink their words with thirstiness. I, I just think this is a good word picture that I, I want you to, to hear this. So the, the saying then began to develop after that. May you follow your master, may you follow your rabbi so closely that you are covered with the dust of his feet. Now that sounds strange to us, but, but that's mostly because we're set up like this right now, where I'm up here and you all are sitting there passively and you're listening to my voice, well, most of you, some of you are asleep. And uh, and you're kind of receiving, and you're just going to take that passively. But I want you to see that in Jesus' day and age, if you were a rabbi, rabbis did their teaching while they were moving. It was active. I, I think of my son, Jackson, like this would be teaching that he needs. I mean, his, his little activity and hypermotion and all that kind of stuff. This would be great. I often say, man, if the teacher could just be walking them outside while they're talking about math or English or reading, um, man, he'd be all into it. But you see right here in the, in the picture, you see them following, but that's not quite enough because when the rabbi leads, because the rabbi is the one that has to lead, and he's speaking in the direction that he's moving, and you have to walk behind him, are you going to be walking even that far behind? No. Typically you would see the rabbi moving, and you would see this cluster of students trying to stay behind him, but trying to hear every word that he says. So it's kind of like you know, just trying to get in there. And so if that would do that, when you were When the rabbi was walking, his sandals would kick up a little dust as you're walking. And you see how this now begins to make sense. That you would follow your rabbi so closely that the dust of his shoes, that that his shoes are kicking up, would get all over you. Because you're just so close and you're so attentive. You're trying to catch every word. You're trying to drink them in like water. Does that make sense to you? This is the understanding of discipleship. That you would be following Jesus and imitating His life and, and listening so closely that you literally, if you, if He were walking in front of you on a dusty road, you would just be covered with dust by the end of the day. The dust off His feet. Listening and listening. So, I want to remind you though, because this tends to think, well, I don't know that I can do that. I, I don't know that, that I'm smart enough to be a disciple. I don't know if I'm, I'm smart enough to do this. Please remember, Jesus picked ordinary people to be His disciples. That was the radical thing. He didn't go around to all the schools and all the things to see who was the brightest and the best. What did He do? He walked along the shore. He walked along and found fishermen. And He said, come follow Me. And they did. Just regular blue-collar working people. Working hard and trying to make a living and, and doing that. Oh, He brought in zealots. You know, political. I don't know which side of the political spectrum you're on, but just think of the opposite, the one you call the zealot. Oh, they're just a zealot, zealot left winger or a zealot right winger. Well, Jesus had one in his group. I, I guess, it, I guess I can do that. I just, I guess Jesus can call. He, he called a tax collector. Think of the worst of the worst. Jesus said, ah, come follow me. He brought him in. I'm going to tell you today that if you're here today, Jesus believes that you can be the disciple like He's talking about. You can not only learn His commands, you can imitate His life out into your world, into your school students, into, into your family, into your workplace adults. You can do this. Jesus believes that you can do this. And He did this by calling ordinary people to be His disciples. And this is the lifestyle that you are called to. To imitate Jesus and proclaim his teachings now probably the closest thing i could think of to this is cosplay any of you guys know about cosplay at all this is where people are ultimate fans of something and they dress up i mean they find the costumes and so i want to show you uh obi-wan kenobi here and we have somebody who is pretty into this cosplay stuff and he's coming in stage left Obi Wan Kenobi, thank you for being here today. And if I understand, you have you created this outfit yourself. Is that right? That is correct. Did a lot of it. You've been working on your lightsaber. Mm -hmm. It's looking good. That looks sharp. Does it light up yet? No, not yet. Okay. They're on order, okay? So the lights are on, and I think I heard you saying you're you're doing some things. So when it swings, it will make the noise, and and if when it hits, it'll make that sound, and all those kinds of things. But you see, look, look, there's Obi Wan, Obi Wan, here he is, yeah. Now, I don't believe there's a single one of us that wouldn't say that James loves Star Wars. I, I haven't heard him quote anything of the lines of the movies. I'm sure he could do that. Hello there. Yes, see? <laughs> he can even imitate the voice. But out of his imitation of Star Wars, we know that he loves Star Wars. In the same way, we are called to cosplay Jesus out into our world. Okay, you don't have to dress up in a robe and grow your beard and, and long hair. But to live as he lived in the world is what we are called to. Can we say thanks to James for dressing up? Thank you, Obi-Wan. I appreciate it. This is what we are called to. One thing I heard, I heard Andy, because Andy does it as well, they're actually learning how to fight with swords. That's dedication right there. All right. That's right. That's going to be great. So what is then Jesus' lifestyle or Jesus' teaching? That's kind of the next thing that we need to look at. What is Jesus' teaching? What is Jesus' lifestyle? Well, the first thing is that He went. That's why He starts with the, when He tells the disciples, He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. And then the first command He gives them is what? Go. Go. Why does He say that? Because if we're to imitate Jesus, the first thing Jesus did was went. We just celebrated it at Christmas. He did not, this is Philippians, but Paul would write later, He did not regard equality with God as something to be used for His own benefit, but He emptied Himself, and He came, and He was found in human form. He modeled going for us. And he says, if you're going to imitate me, if you're going to be my disciples, if you're going to be following so closely that the dust from my sandals gets all over you, then the first thing I've got to say to you is go. You've got to go. In fact, I would say that you cannot participate in evangelism and you cannot call yourself a disciple of Jesus if you are unwilling to go. We have to be willing to go not because it's like oh i just you know i just really think this would be good for you introverts to get out there a bit um you know i i just want to make sure how committed you are to this no it's you're my disciple disciples imitate i went you've got to go you got to get out there you've got to be willing to go and again remember what is evangelism share what i'm doing in your life today now it's that simple Just share what's going on. You could start by sharing about this church service. Some of you can do it easily on your Facebook pages. Hey, I had a great service today. It was fun. We learned about this. Some of you, that's the question that you're asked every Monday morning. What'd you do this weekend? How about you throw in, hey, I went to church. It was awesome. Had a great time. Oh, really? Some of you, some of them will go right back to working even faster. That's okay. You're just putting it out there that you're doing this together. Jesus doesn't say, hang around the door of the church, and if anybody comes to the door, tell them the good news. Now, should we be ready when someone comes to the door to tell the good news? Welcome them? Absolutely. But our first part of our co-mission with Jesus is to go. Because Jesus modeled going. That's why. That is so, so important for us. He says go not to make us uncomfortable, but because that is what he does and we're called to imitate him. We cannot forget this. We cannot forget that we are called to go. That's why we're printing out these little tickets and stuff so that you can, we can try and find creative ways for you to just take those small steps of going, going out and inviting, going out and sharing the good. News. What else did Jesus do? He proclaimed the kingdom of God is at hand, or near, or available now. Jesus went and was, you know, in His day and age, a lot of people were waiting for God to show up, waiting for the Messiah, and then there would be the great day of the Lord, and all of these calamities would happen, but Israel would be kind of placed on the top. And Jesus turns all of that on His head and said, the kingdom of God is here now. It's available. It's in the present. We can sometimes fall into the same trap of thinking that this good news about Jesus is about what happens when we die. That we go to heaven. And don't get me wrong. That's included, okay? Did you hear me say that? But the truth of the matter is is that our good news is not primarily about what happens after you die, but about God with us and in us, here and now, in the present, to help us truly live now. That's the good news. Sometimes we can get in this trap of, oh, I just can't wait to get out of here, so I can go on to heaven where everything is blissful and wonderful, And Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is now. The the blissfulness, the, the, the empowerment, the ability to live even through the most difficult of circumstances is here and available to you now. And that's our message. That's our call. And I think there's a world that's hungry to find out what is good news? What is God doing in your life now and that is so much more attractive than well i just got to endure this until i die and go to heaven now don't get me wrong i can't wait to go to heaven i think that'll be a good thing but heaven is here as one of my teachers used to say it's heaven all the way to heaven and it's hell all the way to hell You can live in the kingdom of God now. And that's important for us to remember. This is our message. As we go, we proclaim good news. Let's move on. Then Jesus made disciples. So, He went. He modeled going. He proclaimed good news. And then He made disciples. And we've already talked some, remember, that uh, that He called ordinary people like me and you. We're not going to belabor this point anymore, but just remember, if you're tempted to think, I think it's worth repeating, if you're tempted to think, I can't be a disciple, I'm not smart enough. Or I can't be a disciple, I, I'm just not good with words. The Bible is full of examples of where God used those who were just normal, everyday, regular people like you and me. All different persuasions. All different personality types. He used them. Those who could speak and those who could, felt they couldn't speak. And even reminded Paul, don't worry about what you will say. The Holy Spirit will be with you and he will teach you all things and he will give you the words to say in the moment. All you have to do is be ready and go. And be ready to talk about what God is doing in your life now, today, with those that God puts in your path. It's good news. And disciples do that. And he says, right off the bat, then discipleship starts with baptism. Now, in our day and age, uh, we we don't really think too much about this. But in Jesus' day and age, if you were going to be a disciple of a rabbi, you would have to follow that rabbi for quite a while. You would have to show that you could imitate. You would have to show that you could uh, recite his teachings and do all of those kinds of things that he would do. And then, only then, after you'd learned all this stuff, oh, you'd learned how to do all these things, could you be baptized to say, he's you're one of my followers. Jesus starts right away. A couple, last week we, uh, was the, the feast of this or the celebration of Jesus' baptism. But Jesus was baptized right at the beginning. And He called His disciples to be baptized right at the beginning. That you are called if you are going to be in this, that Jesus calls regular people. And so if you're going to be a disciple, it is important that you are baptized. There are no unbaptized Christians. I'm sorry. Because to be a Christian says, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus commanded that we go and we make disciples baptizing them. And so if you haven't been baptized, it's important that you understand this. That there are a lot of metaphors around baptism. We'll go through just a few of them here in the last minutes or so that we have. Uh, First is that God's love cleanses. We use water to wash ourselves. I took a shower this morning. Needed to. And the water is used to cleanse. And in the same way, baptism reminds us that that water all around us is like God's love that cleanses us. That washes away our sin and makes us new, white as snow. We've got a good example of it outside right now. White as snow. Secondly, God's love goes everywhere. If you've ever had water get in in your house, you know this. Water finds the lowest place it can find, and it pools outwards and upwards from there, doesn't it? I hope that never happens to you. But the metaphor still rings true with baptism. That God's love, if you will let it in, finds the deepest place of who you are and His love spreads out and pools up from there and changes you, not just on the outside, but from the deepest part of who you are all the way out. And that's good news. Third, God's love quenches soul thirst just like we use water to to quench our actual physical thirst. God's Love can quench that thirst that you've been searching in all kinds of other areas and ways, all other patterns of behavior, maybe in substances. God's love can quench the thirst deep in the core of who you are. I don't remember who said it, but just said there's a God-shaped hole in everyone. And you will never be satisfied until God fills that hole in you. And it begins with baptism. And then fourth, God's love is from beginning to end. We've already talked about this a little bit, but that it's not just something, oh, i got to be really good, i got to clean myself up, I need to dress up, I need to make sure I've memorized some Scripture, and then I can be baptized. No, come into the water. God's invitation is for you at the beginning to show that His love is what transforms everything. It is His love that begins the process. It is His love that will end everything at some day. But you are called at the beginning to say yes to the waters of baptism. And we as a church believe that somehow, in, uh, you know, on the day that we'll do baptisms, it's just normal portage tap water, but somehow God uses what is normal to transform us. And His Spirit enters the water, and I encourage you towards baptism. There's one I found out about this week. I was just reading, having to see this, I thought, man, I should, I should tell them this. It's a, it's, the word baptize is the word baptizane. It's also a word that's used when you dye material. How many of you have ever done tie dye? Yep. You have to put it down in the water, right? That has all the dye in it, and it mixes into the fabric of, the, of there, and I know you twist it and tie it and use rubber bands and all that kind of stuff, and you soak it again, but it gets in there and it, it, it because goes through every fiber of who you are. In baptism, we are saying, Oh God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, soak into every aspect of my life. Not just the outside, but all the way deep down in. I want you to see what William Barclay says. He says, the Christian is a person who has died through and through with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A person whose life is soaked in the Spirit. A person the color of whose whole life is changed by the Spirit. The Christian is a Spirit-anointed, Spirit-dipped, Spirit-saturated person. This is what it means to be a disciple. Young person, students, are you... Do you know that you can do this? That Jesus believes in you? That you can be a disciple? That you are the ones who can lead friends into understanding that there is a God who loves them because that God loves you. And what is Jesus doing in your life that you could share? Mom, Dad, did you know that this is available for you and your kids? If you haven't been baptized, I want to encourage you, we are going to on Palm Sunday this year, April 14th, 2019, we will be having baptisms. I'd love to meet with you. We'll set up a time ahead of time just to talk about the logistics and all the things that go into a baptismal service. But I want you to know, you are called to the waters of baptism because Jesus believes that you can be a disciple that you can imitate His lifestyle in going, in proclaiming good news, what is Jesus doing in your life right now, and in helping to make disciples. That's just the beginning of our mission. Are we ready to take the great community mission, the great co-mission with our leader who loves us, and believes that we are fully capable through the power of His Spirit. Are you ready to go? Well, Let's stand and let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for this message from Your Son to remind us of our community mission, that we don't do alone, but only in the power and strength of Your Holy Spirit. I pray today that we as a church body and all the individuals that make up this church body would dare to believe in the power of your Holy Spirit to help us take this one small step. To hear not a story from... 2,000 years ago. But a story today that rolls down through history and says to us, to Cross Community Church of the Nazarene in 2019, go! Because I modeled going. Proclaim good news because I'm doing something incredible in your midst right now. Make disciples start with baptism. And go from there. Get them into small groups. Yes, show them the teaching. But make sure that people attend feeding homeless people and working on churches and doing work days and community outreaches because all of that goes into my kingdom. And may we dare to believe that all authority in heaven and on earth was given to you. And it's in that authority that you send us out may we also claim as a promise that You will never leave us nor forsake us. You will be with us even to the end of the age. Jesus, we have all we need in You. Send us out. If we've been here and we've never been baptized, help us to realize that it is more than just believing in You intellectually. And one of the ways we show that is to go into the water Surrender to Your love. And hear Your voice. Go. Proclaim. Teach. Make disciples. Baptize. We want to be a church that focuses on Jesus the Nazarene. So help us to be obedient in every way. For we ask these things in His name. And everyone said, Amen. But now receive this final blessing. And now, may you all remember that all authority in heaven on earth is His. And that He will never leave you. He will be with you to the end of the age. So let's receive the co-mission. Go. Make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that He has commanded us, the most primary of which is love. And I pray that you will go in His name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, to your everyday lives. Amen. God bless you. Go in His name. Amen.